Facebook had a terrible week, but not just because it went down. That and more in this week's episode. Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. Ariel from AppFigures here, and I have five highlights for you today to summarize this week. And we'll start with Facebook, because it's the biggest. Facebook's fleet went down this week for a few hours, more than a few hours. And as surreal as that may sound, one's misfortune is another's fortune. And in this case, the other is Telegram, the app that's been competing with WhatsApp for a long time. On Monday, as all of Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram were down hard, for some reason that I I don't think anyone knows yet. And if you do know, please leave a comment. The world actually didn't end. In fact, everything that isn't Facebook got a lot of traffic. The biggest winner on the App Store was Telegram, which jumped to the top of the App Store by the evening of Monday, Monday evening. Telegram's downloads topped 1.3 million on Monday, the day that Facebook went down, And that's a 52% increase over the average of the last three Mondays. So it's doing something right or something happened correctly. And it was dethroned not very long after by Netflix and almost immediately by TikTok. But once the news spread, it surged again and on Wednesday again made it to the top of the App Store. Downloads remain strong on Tuesday and on Wednesday, adding roughly 1.2 million new users each day, according to our estimates. Now, this is an unforced error. There's no other way to look at it. WhatsApp's dominance, which can be described as very strong for lack of a stronger word, has been weakened this year. And it wasn't competitors and it wasn't changing market conditions. It was actually Facebook. In January, if you remember, they made an announcement about how they're changing the privacy rules around WhatsApp business, but maybe they misphrased it or maybe they didn't mean what they said later. Whatever it was, people did not like that Facebook wants to read all their messages or at least insinuate that they do. And they immediately jumped ship and we saw how downloads crumbled for a little bit. And guess who won? Telegram and Signal. And this is happening again. Will this happen again? Probably. Is Telegram going to win? Most likely. So really good time for Telegram. And it's also a good reminder that it's good to have alternatives. We can't just all rely on one thing, which with WhatsApp is starting to seem like that's what's happening. In completely other news, Mario Kart Tour tour turned two this week. Well, a few weeks ago, actually. And it prompted me to take a look at how it's been doing. The short answer is just okay. Our estimates show that since it was launched at the end of 2019, Mario Kart Tour was downloaded just a little over 100 million times, and that's across the App Store and Google Play worldwide. A little more of half of those, though, came in the first few months, and that's back in 2019. It's since leveled off, and it's a lot lower. Overall, the US, Mexico, Brazil, and Japan were the top countries, and accounted for almost a half of all of those downloads. Because downloads have leveled off, so did revenue, and the trend is pretty similar. Our estimates show that roughly 37% of the titles, roughly $120 million in net revenue, net that's after Apple and Google take their cut since launch, came again in the first few months of the app's release, and that's back in 2019, and again, also leveled off. Now they're earning about $4 bucks a month, and that's again in net revenue, and they're getting about $2 million downloads every, new, every month. Is that a lot of money? No, not at all. I mean, if you look at pretty much any other app in the top grossing chart in the US this right now, you'll see that they made probably a similar amount of money in the last year, maybe even six months for some. And we're not even talking games as invested as Mario Kart or with such a big brand and such a huge cult following. 
we're talking about hyper casuals, um, maybe slightly less than hyper casual. So I really hope that Nintendo figures out a way to get its pricing strategy in order. There is a way, they just have to figure it out. I think it requires changing a, lot, a little bit of their philosophy of how to do pricing, and hopefully they do it because I would much rather play Mario Kart than any of the hyper casuals that you see at the top of the charts these days. Maybe that's just me. If you prefer to play Mario Kart versus hyper casuals, like this video. Next up is House Party. House Party, the face-to-face -face social network as they called it, which blew up back last year, I wrote about it in the newsletter, is now shut down. Epic, the Epic that you are probably thinking about, bought it back in 2019 and killed it in September. Poof, gone. It raised an interesting question. And the first interesting question, really the main interesting question is why? <laughs> Obviously, it did have a lot of success back in during lockdowns. And it was so successful that Apple took those features and is building them into FaceTime. So you know that there's this desire, demand, there's interest in them. So I wanted to take a look at downloads and see what happened. Since 2017, House Party made its way into more than 77 million mobile devices worldwide across iOS and Android devices, according to our app intelligence. And the US accounted for nearly half of all downloads, followed by the UK, Germany, India, and Canada. Looking at the trend, though, it tells us a slightly different story. Although House Party was popular pre-pandemic, its growth was actually negative. Between quarter, the first quarter of 2018 and the last quarter of 2019, House Party's downloads were down more than 50%. And that's when Epic acquired it. Then the world locked up, and in four months, House Party saw more downloads than the previous two years combined, about 34 million downloads. But in Q3 of 2021, just the quarter that just ended, House Party's downloads returned to pre-pandemic lows, adding just about 30% fewer downloads than Q3 of 2019. So why would Epic keep it? There's really no reason. Demand is declining. Apple's adding functionality using into the built-in apps. And Epic also really changed what it's interested in. It's all about the metaverse. I think for Epic face-to-face -face interactions, considering all their investment into the metaverse, they're no longer as necessary. Maybe they thought they would be a few years ago when they, and they saw the opportunity with the slowly waning downloads of House Party and they thought maybe they can make it amazing. But now they're seeing that people want to be virtual. People don't want to see face, don't want to look at other people when they talk to them. They just want to hang out. And I think going virtual for Epic is a big bet. But at the same time, seeing where everything else is going, probably the right bet. And so I'm not surprised at all that they're shutting it down. Sad a little bit, but surprised? Not really. Speaking of shutting things down, I usually focus on trends in apps and games, but once in a while, a service provider makes a move I see as pivotal for the industry, and I just have to bring it up. This week, it was Twitter selling its mobile ads platform, Mopub, to AppLovin, which went public and acquired an attribution network this year, so AppLovin has been really busy. Twitter getting out of the services business isn't really new. A few years ago, they sold Fabric, the mobile usage analytics platform that a lot of developers that I know really, really loved, including myself, they sold it to Google and that became Firebase or that died and became Firebase. But unlike Fabric, Mopub is actually generating hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Now, because of that, I was able to compare the revenue to what uh, AppLovin was paying for them or AppLovin has paid for them. 
And it kind of feels like they sold it just to get rid of it, not for any sort of profit, which I'm surprised by a little bit. I completely understand why they did it. They want to focus on other things, but with what Apple's doing, it's becoming more difficult, yada, yada, yada. But I still think that they probably took a loss on it. Now, I wanted to see if the sale, how it would help AppLovin, because AppLovin seems to have a strategy and seems to know exactly what it's doing and how it's going forward. But is it? The answer is absolutely. And it's absolutely in a way that it should start scaring Facebook and its ad network because of the sheer scale that AppLovin is building. Based on our SDK intelligence, AppLovin is the number four most installed ad SDK across iOS apps and games, and fifth among Android apps. Mopub is eighth across both. But once you join them, AppLovin's network will grow beyond Facebook among iOS apps and games, and it will be larger by about 30%. I want to let that sink in, 30% larger than Facebook on iOS. Across Android apps and games, where Facebook's network is considerably larger by about an order of magnitude, AppLovin's acquisition will put a small but mainly unnoticeable dent in Facebook's dominance, leaving it in second place comfortably. Facebook in second place. But Android is where the real game is for ad providers right now, mostly thanks to app tracking transparency from Apple and, and how that wrecked havoc on the entire industry. Um, and I think that's where AppLovin is trying to get. On Google Play, AppLovin will maintain its fifth place after the Mopub acquisition. And they still face strong competition from Unity's ad network and startup, which rank third and fourth. But they're much, much, much closer at this point. And so they're leaping forward on Android and they've, they're eclipsing Facebook on iOS. So to me, that sounds like a win, especially at what I think is about a half of what the valuation should have been. Sounds like an amazing win. Well done, AppLovin. But wait, what about Google? You might be asking yourself. I purposely didn't include Google because it's just so big that it would make all the other numbers look tiny. So you can look at it on our top SDKs to chart just to see the difference. Uh, but really, no one is challenging Google anytime soon in the near or far future, in my opinion. Not worth mentioning. And then last for this week, an interesting one. When you're stuck at home all day, you start to see all the things you said you'd fix or improve, right? And after you stare at those for enough time, you want to start actually doing that. And that's why Home Depot and Lowe's, the two places you'd go to for that sort of stuff, had a very busy lockdown season. But that's old news. What's new news is that that's still going on. While the trips to the hardware store are fun, I know I love them a lot, both Home Depot and Lowe's discovered that selling via a tiny screen can be really as good as selling in a huge warehouse-like store. According to our estimates, in 2019, the Home Depot and Lowe's saw around 750,000 and 550,000 downloads every quarter, respectively. There were some variants, but overall those averages were pretty consistent with 2018 too. But then lockdowns hit, and they sent demand up while forcing transactions to take place virtually, through the app, safely, through the app. And both chains saw an immediate increase in downloads. They had massive Q2s in 2020. The Orange Giant added more than 2 million new users to its app, while its Blue Rival added 1.5 million. And that's a lot. That's a huge multiple over previous quarters. Demand dropped a little bit in Q3, but remained pretty high since. And now, more than a year later, it isn't really showing any signs of declining. Home Depot ended Q3 of this year with 1.4 million downloads, 
which is 69% higher than Q3 of 2019. And Lowe's added a crazy 1.2 million users in the quarter, which is up 132% from Q3 of 2019. I see it as the gold rush. I've been talking about this a lot. This is not the first time. This comes up every week. Probably came up last week. I don't remember anymore. But this is the second gold rush for app developers. It's 2021 and we're in an app first world. And it isn't just shopping. For consumers, things are convenient. In some cases, they're even cheaper because they're subsidized by some VC who wants to land grab and be the first to be the brand people think about. So things are actually cheaper. The experience is still pretty good, maybe even better because it's more convenient. And there's a lot of variety because so many different companies are trying now. For developers, the opportunities are becoming larger by the minute and they're larger than ever before. And I really hope if you're a developer, you're taking advantage of that. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you enjoyed any of the insights in this video, please consider subscribing. Happy Friday.